Welcome, welcome everybody, everybody in America, overseas, because you know we got the overseas listeners. Welcome to Gas Presents Sports for the Culture. We are here for the culture. We are here on election night. It is a big night for the for the world, for the country, but it's an even bigger night in sports because, you know, we're here and, you know, we about to get into it. Um, let me go ahead and introduce the gang. Let me go ahead and introduce myself first. I'm my host for the evening. Uh, my name is Scruff Lion. Yeah, go ahead and see me on, 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 on the app right here, over here. This way, one of them, Jones. Either way, gang, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, top right, go first. At Bryce XXV double I, aka Mr. Big Leaguer, aka G O E. That's guys over everything, baby. Hey, Rome wanted to be here tonight, but he's he's stuck in a uh, an election poll line right now, so he's he's still in line trying to get his vote in. Man, voter suppression is real. Don't let him suppress your vote. Because I'm happy to see everybody got out there to the polls. Hey, man, enjoy the circuits tonight, and then enjoy us for now. Let's get it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead, get that, get that thing in that mailbox. It's already done. Uh, uh, bottom right, T. Go ahead, it's yourself. T. Boogie, man. Same thing with me. Wash your hands, wash your ass. Hopefully, everybody went out there, exercised their choice. You know what I'm saying? And then sit back and watch whatever happens tonight happen. And uh, you know, thanks for rocking with us. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Last but not least, bottom left. <laughs> Well, if you're from the state of New Jersey, any viewers, congratulations, because right now we could smoke marijuana, because it's uh, unofficial, officially, we could smoke in the state of New Jersey. Shout out to all the voters. You are the real MVP for tonight. Yes, yes, yes. We may not be able to agree on much, but New Jerseyans, we can agree on that. Thank you. Thank you, New Jersey. Um, yeah, but um, we got to go good, good, good set of topics for this evening. Um, first off, we're going to jump right into it with, uh, probably one of the biggest knockouts of 2020. You could say my man got hit with that boom, crazy undercut. We're talking about Javante Davis came out with the move. Oh my, my. And then that sweet chin music. And that boy was out cold within seconds, probably before he even hit the ground. Um, so what was y'all initial reactions of that knockout? Because it was a, it was an instant clip on Twitter and all the social media is keeping me entertained. Um, G, why don't you jump in first? It reminded me of a Manny Pacquiao kind of lefty. Cause God, leave that left hand. That's a tank, literally. His nickname defines that hand right there. That left hand is a monster. Wow, I haven't seen that since Manny from a lefty to have that much knockout power. Because he didn't really even cock it back. He just went back a little and then boom, straight to the dome. The way his position just, just because what I was hearing the skull cards was just like, it was kind of even. And then just that knockout himself. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm still like at shock because I haven't seen a knockout from a lefty in a while. Right. That was a big time, big time, big time knockout. T, did you get a chance to see the knockout? What'd you think? Man, yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. I was uh, screaming that thing via cell phone because I couldn't be in a, a spot to watch it. But, man, that left-hand uppercut was crazy. And uh, he threw it a couple times, and that one just landed flush. I mean, it was lights out before he hit the mat. I, I was worried for a second, man. I thought they was going to have to rush him to the ER or something. He wasn't moving. His leg was bent back. You know, it looked like he got hit with a sniper. <laughs> like a sniper rifle got him. It's a big-time knockout, big-time punch. Yeah, big time punch from a big time hitter, Bryce. I know, I know you. I know you get into it with the boxing man. What was your thoughts on that Davis knockout? 
Hey, man, shout out to my guy, T Boogie, a.k.a. the Link God, man. He done hit me off with a few links and, uh, in the past. <laughs> few I don't know where he finds the links, but my man stays with him. He ain't get me this time because I, I paid for this one. But uh, now, hell of a fight, man. Hell of a fight. Uh, Javante Davis, you know, cementing himself as one of the young stars in the game. Leo Santa Cruz was no slouch. You know, everyone that was with me while I was watching the fight, I kept telling them, Leo Santa Cruz is legit. Uh, you're talking about a guy that was 37, I think, I believe 37, one and one. And uh, he applied that pressure. He applied that constant pressure to Javante Davis. And that was the most I ever seen Javante really get hit. I mean, the most I ever seen him lumped up. And, uh, you know, they say they say pressure bursts pipes. But in this case, the only thing that got bursted was Leo Santa Cruz's chin, man. It was it was crazy. It was crazy, man. Uh, unbelievable fight. Uh, I think it deserves a rematch, personally. Uh, I'd love to see uh, Leo get another chance in there. I think he's the type of fighter, although he doesn't have the power to really contend with the Javante Davis, I think he's the type of fighter that can push a Javante Davis because, you know, he's going to apply that pressure. And I think we saw that through those first five rounds. He just didn't have enough to uh, to stay in there. Yeah, so, I mean, what's y'all think? What's y'all thoughts about Davis after that fight? Where does that put him? You know, in the ranks, uh, is he? You know, one of the one of the next big fighters to really keep an eye on right now. Uh, you know, jump ball for anybody to take this one. I don't think so. Uh, but go ahead, G. Go ahead, G. No, nah, I have to agree with you. So go ahead, man. Uh yeah, I, I don't think so. He, in my opinion, uh, that was his first real fight, and uh, he still fought a guy that I, I feel like everybody knew couldn't hurt him, but. He, he he has to fight somebody. I mean, the whole Mayweather camp is holding him back, and and that's a real thing. You know, it's a couple guys out there that he could Devin Haney, um, Gary, Gary Russell. He don't want none of the uh, the bigger names, but you got to be one of the big dogs for me to say you're the guy. I mean, I still feel like he fought a smaller guy that you knew. I mean, it was indicative of how he fought. Like he stood in there in battle. You know, I mean, he stood in there. He, he ate a lot of punches. He got lumped up. But he was never once hurt. But he was hit a lot. You're not going to do that with some of those other guys around that 135 mark. So not yet. I need to see him fight somebody else. I'd love to see Gary Russell, you know what I'm saying, and then move up from there. But not yet. Yeah, definitely some names. Definitely some names to watch. Definitely some names worth mentioning. Uh, if y'all not already, uh, go ahead, follow Junior the Golden Boy. That's, that's, our, that's, our, that's our resident boxing expert. Uh, for gas, and you know, uh, go ahead and follow us on on the gram. Of course, we gonna keep you posted on all the all the latest um, as these fights come along and these big time knockouts. But uh, you know, as we always do, we're gonna swing our way into the NFL. Um, you know, kind of got something. You know, just like we did last week, we're gonna get into some of our biggest takeaways uh, from the NFL weekend. Um, so, Bryce, you might as well go ahead and lead us off with one of your takeaways. All right, well, my first takeaway, and I think some people will be surprised at this one. I still think it's too early to judge the Cam Newton, Bill Belichick experiment. And uh, here's why. I watched the game, the last game versus the Bills very closely. And I understand that in these last three games, the difference between the Patriots winning and losing has been Cam Newton turnovers. I get that. But in that last game with, uh, against the Bills, I felt like in, on that last drive, the Patriots found the formula. They figured out exactly how to use Cam. And with, with a minute left in the game, they were driving all the way down the field, all the way into the red zone, of course, until the fumble happened. So my first takeaway is I will not yet judge the Cam Newton, Bill Belichick experiment. I'm giving it the whole year, and I still could see them. I know it sounds crazy right now, 
If I could still see them going on a run and possibly making the playoffs, I don't see this team tanking in any way. I don't think they're going to run off five straight losses. I don't think that's what Belichick is about. I'm holding off to judge Cam Newton and Bill the Bill, Bill Belichick experiment. I know you guys probably think I'm crazy for that one, but I love to hear you guys take on that. But honestly, uh, I wouldn't write them off all the way yet, but doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. It just doesn't. Like you know, I'm hearing stats out there, like amount of touchdowns that he's thrown to, like you know, actual wide receivers. And, you know, it's like non-existent. And the uh, last couple games, it's just been big moments. He's, he's, he's come through and it's been it's been rough. But um, it just, just doesn't seem like they have – I thought they were going to potentially have a chance to be in the very race for the division. But that Bills loss puts them, uh, I'd say, pretty much out of the division race. If they were going to have to make it, they're going to have to make it as a wild card. Luckily, there's an extra playoff spot. But, you know – I'm not too optimistic about that. And that was my Super Bowl pick, but I'm not jumping off the bandwagon yet. I feel you, Bryce. Let me give it a couple more weeks. Uh, <laughs> T, what you think about that? Uh, I don't know about where this thing will end, but Cam Newton won't be their starting quarterback next year. Um, even if they make the playoffs, I think there'll be a move to be made. And they'll get a win next week, right? They, they I think they got the Jets. That's the perfect team coming off a loss. Uh, we'll know right away. If you come out you you lose that one, uh, the experiment's oh, yeah. done. But I, I oh, think yeah. Cam will be all right. I don't I don't think – I don't know. He'll, he'll end up somewhere else next year. I think – I'm not going to say the experiment's over just yet, but by week 16, we, it's, it's, it's a wrap. Like, Cam's done, man. We I think we've seen what we can see out of that marriage. I don't know, though. How about him? If he does, doesn't do well, does he get another contract somewhere else? Uh Gee, do you think this is this is the last off for Cam if he doesn't perform this season? I think that's probably realistic, right? I don't nah, cause I still think Cam's gonna be a Patriot next season. Cause we all could we all could agree that the Pets have no weapon. No offensive weapon for Cam whatsoever. None of those running backs are working out and none of the receivers are there for him. And he doesn't even have a tight end, a legit tight end that could help him out. A, a quarterback favorite weapon should always be a tight end. He doesn't even have one as, as a safety blanket. So I think the experiment isn't over. I think next year we, we're going to find a definitive answer whether he's, he's a Patriots or in the NFL, period, next year. Okay. All right. All right. So, so that sounds pretty good. Bryce, go ahead take us away with uh, your second biggest takeaway of the weekend. All right. So my, my, my second biggest takeaway of the weekend is, y'all, well, y'all know how I feel about you know, the top running back, the top dog and running back in the NFL right now. I firmly believe it's Derrick Henry. And I still believe that. But there's somebody creeping up on him. That boy Dalvin Cook is creeping up on him right now, man. I, I don't know if you guys got a chance to check out the Vikings over the weekend. But Dalvin was unstoppable. Uh, he was getting anything he wanted. I mean, every touch was five or more, it felt like. Honestly, it felt like every time he touched the ball, he might just go to the house. Uh, this is a guy that had to, you know, try to fight for his money in the offseason. You know, they, they, they don't they didn't want to give it to him. And I think that uh, he's proven this year why he's worth it. And I, I mean, at this point, I really believe, you know, we got three running backs that, you know, how they say one A, one B. I think we got a one A, one B and one C situation with Dalvin Cook entering the mix. I don't I don't believe I had him in my top five running backs when I ranked them uh, this offseason. That was a mistake. He should have been in there. Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league. And when it's all said and done at the end of this season, if he keeps performing like this, 
I might just have him up uh, at the top spot. I mean, I think he had 163, three tuds. He's already had a game with 180 this year. Had another game where I was around 140 with two touchdowns. He's killing it. Every time he gets over 20, 20 carries, he goes over 100 yards. The Vikings will be smart to keep feeding that man. Yeah, they fed him in multiple ways. 30 carries, 163 yards. He accounted for all 28 of the Vikings' points. He was also their leading receiver with 63 yards. Uh, did, did anyone have this guy in fantasy football? Jeez. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't play against him either, so I was lucky there. But those, yes. those are Madden numbers, man. Those, those are video game numbers. And I don't know if I'm going to put him in the top five running backs, but what he, he, he did something special that day. You know what I'm saying? He, he Four touchdowns. I mean, that's a crazy performance. But you can't give the guy 30 carries a game every game. That's just not a reality. Um, but hats off to Cook, man. Cook over Henry. That's all I'm saying. Hey, my, my boy Rome, fresh out the voting line. Shout out to Rome, man. Wait to pass that vote. You the real MVP, dude. I mean, you you would think right with with, with Jefferson over there stealing, uh, your franchise quarterback and Kirk, and then a running back like that, you can put it together and get more wins than what they're doing, but. It's not working, man. For whatever reason, it's not working. They, they got a, a win, a big win, but, yeah, I don't know. Gee, Dalvin Cook, elite, one of the best Delvin, of the best. Dalvin Cook is what I consider the reverse Derrick Henry. He is great in the beginning of the season. Come November, December, that man is nowhere to be found. It's not because he's not that kind of athlete. It's because he gets hurt. That's the reason why they didn't want to give him the money. It's like come November, December, he is like the Dallas Cowboys. He gets hurt and everything just goes down to shit. Like he's my reverse Derrick Henry. Like you know how we had the reverse flash? That's the reverse Derrick Henry right now. He's going to give you these great numbers. <laughs> but come November, mid-November or December, my man gets hurt and he's nowhere to be found. And that's Derrick Henry is a top five, but to say he's 1C or 1B – Ooh, kind of reach, man. That's, that's a reach, my boy. Especially if you're not healthy in November, December in a playoff. Like, is that's not a reach? All right. Um, I'm glad you adjusted yourself because that game was on November 1st. But, yeah, <laughs> um, I guess we'll wait to see you on that one. We'll definitely be waiting to see what kind of, uh, you know, second half of the season uh, Dalvin Cook has. And we'll see if he still remains one of the cream of the crop at the running back position. Uh, but Bryce, uh, pretty two good takeaways so far. Go ahead and close us out on your third takeaway from the weekend. All right, man. My last takeaway, I'm disappointed with the NFL, right? Because, you know, they always talk about player safety. But when you see these fines come out, it has nothing to do with anything but player control. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, both were fined $5,000 for wearing their socks a little bit too low. And it was when I say a little bit, it was about this much too low on their socks. Totally ridiculous. On the other hand, you've got guys week in and week out snatching off chains off each other's necks, right? Now think about this. you got a gold medallion chain on your neck, about this big, right? About this big on your neck. You get tackled to the ground, and that gold medallion shoots through your Adam's apple? What now? What are we talking about player safety? You know what I mean? Like these are actual hazards, and they're not only happening – on the field with guys, you know, snatch them off each other. But it, 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 it could actually be an actual hazard because of the way the game is played. And I just think, like, the NFL got to stop with the pettiness. And I'm tired of seeing, you know, fines for socks when guys can wear chains and fights are started because of them. 
let's do something about you know, about that, and let's get to real player safety and stop uh, trying to just control guys for the sake of controlling them. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything else to say about that. That experience is pretty, pretty stupid, especially because the size of these fines are like enough to put me out of a house and home for the most part. So, anybody else got anything to chime in about these sock fines? These are ridiculous. Well, if, you, if y'all saw the fight, right? Y'all saw the fight. Uh, yeah, we between, saw uh, the fight. My boy Wims on the Bears and. Uh, it was a Gardner Johnson from uh, the Saints. C- yeah, CD Deuce. Over chain, man. Ch- chain snatching. You know what I mean? If you <laughs> yeah. eliminate the chains, there's no chains to snatch, right? You know? Man, I done, I done heard that story three, four, five different ways. I've heard he snatched his mouthpiece. I've, I've heard it so many different ways. But what I will say is uh, punching somebody's helmet, probably not the best way to go. You know, if you and, and if your man is in a fight, uh, don't don't jump on the guy's back like you're his girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to rumble, rumble. Don't jump on the man back and, and, and pull his hair and that sort of thing, man. I, I thought the whole thing looked a little, a little sissy-fied to me, man. You got a guy getting slapped, looking around. It was, it was, it was, it was all comedy, man. It was comedy. Or it was comedy, man. It was. It was craziness. Well... That's pretty solid three takeaways. I'm 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 gonna buck the order a little bit. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna jump into mine, and then we're gonna get to the rest of y'all real quick. Um, but shoot, my my biggest takeaway. I guess I'll go with the biggest first. But my biggest takeaway of the weekend was that the Steelers are the best team in football, um, definitively. Um, now, with that being said, you know I believe that making a run in the NFL is about time. It's about opportunity, and it does involve a little bit of luck. But as of right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team in football. I said the only team that I could really see coming out of the AFC besides them would be the Chiefs in a shootout type of game. But right now, Steelers got the culture. They got the pieces. It seems like it's a sum of the parts type of situation, not just like a flash of a couple superstar talents. They seem to have a really deep – roster, culture, everything that you really need for a great team. What do y'all think about that? Yeah, I don't know. They're not better than the Chiefs. They're not, I mean, they're 7-0, right? They, they, beat the, they beat Tennessee, who's had their struggles. But, it's, all right, that's that's their one solid win in, in my book. I don't really count the Ravens. We'll get to that later. But they, other than that, they beat, what, Cleveland? That's that's their that's their biggest win. Other than that, I don't think they can beat Patrick Mahomes. Um, they got a hell of a defense. They got a bunch of weapons on offense. I want to see them play the Chiefs, and 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 then I'll decide what's what. I'm not going a rivalry game, a division game. Those go either way. I'm not going to defensively say they're the best team in football. Hey, in the words of T Pain, all they do is win, 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 no matter what. So that's got to count for something. Yeah, um, I say, I say one thing about that though. Let me jump in real quick, man. Because I feel, I feel what T's saying. They haven't had crazy competition yet, but they've done it with a rotating cast, man. It seems like every week somebody of, of the steel, one of the Steelers' weapons is out. You know, it's James Conner for a second. It's been Deontay Johnson. It's been, uh, you know, Juju had to sit. I think Juju had to miss, miss maybe one game. It seemed like, you know, whoever they got, you know, they were able to put the pieces together and Big Ben's able to find them. I think that uh, Big Ben is proven to be the catalyst. And as long as he has a few athletes around him and an uh, O-line that's protecting him, he can get the job done on the offensive side. 
Yeah, a lot of people sleeping on Big Ben this year. Nobody was really talking about him. Now, will that defense hold up is the question. Losing Devin Bush is going to end up being huge, man. Devin Bush, one of the best young linebackers in the game. Uh, you know, last game didn't look like they missed him too, too much, but that could become a thing. That could become a thing. I don't know. They did slow down the Ravens, who have a pretty good rushing attack, and then they did keep the big bull Derrick Henry. Know about that, the quote unquote. They Dobbins went like one fifteen. I say Dobbins went one fifteen, and uh, Gus Edwards yeah. had like another eighty. I saw Lamar Jackson scampering out there. You know, was, I don't know if they slowed it down. They did enough to win. They did enough to win. They did enough to win. Exactly. That's they not the game. Dub. They, 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 they got the Derrick Henry under a hundred, though. All right, our resident resident Steelers uh, fanatic chimes in. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Hansel. Uh, anybody else want to chime in on the Steelers being the Wait. best team in football? Speak I'm now. Not crown them. You want to crown them? You crown them. Yeah, because I can't. Mid season crowns. They don't have. They're 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 only like they're like Burger King crowns. They they get wet in the rain and then they disintegrate. They're not really crowns. You got crowns are given in the playoffs. You yeah, feel me? yeah, that's true. Do, do they have enough though? Do they have enough? Like on the offensive side, I, I, part of me feels like they have enough. I don't know though, man. Like, are I, they I, peaking I too early? Right, right, that's right. A that's question. a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Well, who, it's about and, you know, you know, when I look at that offense, I, I, I felt like Eric Ebron coming in was going to give them a little, a little more oomph, man. They, I think they missing that 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 big time tight end. And once once you get to play, you know the Chiefs and and teams like that are going to shut down your number one weapons. Chase Claypool is not going to be running up and down the field on the Chiefs. You know, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to find some different ways to to move that football. Um, but like I said, man, Big Ben, I'm not gonna bet against him right now. The way he's looking, he's looking like he's back to being one of the one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, okay, I like that. I like that. All right. So here's my t- the second biggest takeaway. And I'm going to play off, uh, you know, but still, stuff still matters. People be talking about, you know, everything, the divisions, divisions are like people are trying to get rid of divisions and stuff. But my big, my second biggest takeaway of the weekend is that division rivalries still matter in the NFL. Yeah, division rivalries still matter in the NFL. Good, old-fashioned division rivalries. What did I tell G? I told Geraldo personally before the game that – the Vikings were probably going to beat the Packers. They were definitely going to cover the spread on them, boys. Some about division rivalries, it just it just always clicks. You got the Bills finally triumphing, you know what I'm saying, in their division. You know, you got a lot of good matchups this weekend. The Steelers, you know, as good as the Ravens have been in the last couple of years, when you go against a team like the Steelers, you know, the rivalries matter, man. Division rivals still matter. Divisions still matter. So that's my second biggest takeaway of the weekend. Yeah, of course. It matter. Every division except the NFC East. Right. <laughs> Dumpster fire. <laughs> I mean, I think I think divisions matter from a ratings point of view, but when, when we get to watch uh, years of the Bills playing the Dolphins twice twice a year, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it doesn't help the league. It doesn't help the ratings. Games get blacked out. Um I mean, I understand that's how they do it now, but hopefully somebody can be more progressive and come up with a, a better system because it doesn't always work. It's not about ratings, though, T. It's about the other team just having a something 
a little edge on you, you know, just because they know you somewhere, you know, it's like, you know, like anybody can speak to this. When you play your division rival, you know, it's just like, all right, whatever you think is going to happen, it's probably going to be going out the window. It's probably going to be a more competitive game than you think. Sometimes a team that's like, literally, we're looking at the Vikings, who are a one in five team entering the game, going against a five and one team. No one's going to pick that game on paper. But you realize when you sit down and you look at it, you know that that Vikings-Packers rivalry, it, it runs deep. It's history. It's like, you know, Green Bay, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, Brett Favre left there to go play for the Vikings. Like, that's the ultimate fuck you to the to the, to the Packers fans. You know, that's I mean, part you- of the division rivalry. It's like T.O. going to the Cowboys. Like, this stuff, like, it matters, dog. I mean, you're also talking about a team that in Green Bay that underperformed and a team in Minnesota that's been underperforming. And, and they played to their ability. So I don't know if that was necessarily because of the rivalry, but you might be you might be on to something. No, I think so did you pick him in, you pick him in the pick him? That's all I need to know. I think you know, I think I think you might be on to something though. And I think one of the things that it highlights is, you know, how close that all these teams in the NFL actually are. I, I, unlike the NBA, like we see it all the time, you got five, six teams, you already know are gonna be there at the end. The NFL is really any given Sunday, and that's because the margins are so slim when it comes to who's who's better than who. Like these teams, even the best team in the NFL, which right now let's let's just let's just say it's the Chiefs over the last you know two seasons, right? I could even see the Chiefs losing to the Vikings. You know what I mean? Like on on any given Sunday, like I could see I could see these things happening because I really do believe that although some of these teams do have firepower, they do have superstars. Man, it's a, it's a very very small margin. Man, these teams are a lot closer than uh than other sports leagues. I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna round off my last uh, takeaway since we're talking about divisions being dumpster fires. I'm gonna talk about the king of the NFC East dumpsters. I'm gonna talk about the Eagles. I'm gonna talk about one particular player on the Eagles because um, there's been plenty of low lights in uh, for our season. But I'm gonna talk about one player that's been a standout. Um, and this kid's a dog, man. Like um, Travis Fogum. I want to talk about Travis Fogum, man. If you got Travis Fogum in fantasy football, you are a happy man. Yo, I just want to say about this kid, Travis Fogum. This dude is a completely came out of left field. Nobody knows who he was before the season. We had picks on picks on picks of receivers, and then this dude, Travis Fogum, came in and literally just caught everything that came his way. Um, in a couple games, he's got 435 yards and four touchdowns. We're talking about over the length of uh, about five games there. Pretty solid. Um, you know, he's had double-digit, you know, targets in a couple games. He put up big numbers, 78 yards, 73 yards, 75 yards, 152, 57 yards, a touchdown in four out of five games that he's played so far. Uh, my biggest takeaway uh, from – from the weekend was that Travis Volgum is a certified number one. He's not a certified starting receiver in the NFL. Let's just say that he's a certified starting receiver and he's a certified dog. So I just want y'all to put some respect wait, wait. on Travis Volgum's name. Hey, Scrub, you know, you my man, hundred grand, bro. But read back those stats again and just take out that game with 152. I'll do it for you. 57, 75, 73, 78. Yeah, definitely a, a solid t- number three. Solid number three receiver. No, 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 no. You tripping. <laughs> no, those numbers, if you take out that game, those numbers still put you over a thousand yards for the season. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denying it. You're right. It still puts you over. But who's? Is he, are you gonna get 75 every single game? Maybe, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Take out that 150. Those numbers look a little more pedestrian, if you ask. I me. mean, it's 75 every game except one, and then it's a touchdown with it. So it's like, if you got the low game, you're happy. The low game he had, he only had three targets. This is his first game, first game on the squad, and that was against the 49ers. You know, so I'm just saying, put some respect well, on the kid. T also told me earlier that Dante Pettis, uh, you know, could should have been a star in this league. So I, I, don't, I don't know, man. The story is no <laughs> Dante Pettis. We'll see, man. We'll see, man. We'll see, man. Oh, sure. man. But nah, shout out, shout out Travis Fogum, shout out Old Dominion. Uh, went there one time, had a fucking blast. Great school, great time, good vibes. Some baddies out there. Um, G, why don't you give, actually? Uh, yeah, G, why don't you give me your uh, three takeaways for the weekend? My three takeaway: uh, Tom Brady. My first one is Tom Brady starting to look like the smartest guy to leave the Patriots and not stay in there another year. That's my biggest takeaway. The way that Cam Newton just doesn't have no kind of weapons. And look at him flourish now in Tampa with all those weapons. Is that a game that looks like he can't lose right now? And shit, he's about to get A B within next week. Not this week, right? Or next week? Man, I believe that's like week nine. But yeah, uh, next week. Yeah, actually. next week he gets A B. Oh, Jesus, man. What what is he gonna do? Like it's gonna look like that year when he had time when he had Randy Moss. Yeah, I mean, he's already got great receivers. Then you throw in Antonio Brown. I mean, yeah, it's looking good. Looking good. He's definitely probably loving that warm weather. It's about to get real ugly in New England in terms of the weather. A.B. in the slot? That's crazy. A.B. in the slot is a scary sight, man. (laughs) That's crazy, bro. A.B. in the cut. Bro, and then he has Evans. Oh, my God. And the outside. Oh, my God. And then he has Godwin. Scotty Miller with A.B.? Oh man, no man. I mean, we we can talk a lot about weapons, but uh, that first half against uh, the Giants didn't didn't look all that convincing. Fact. Hey, listen, 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 the Giants defense is ranked. I believe they're the top ten ranked defense this year so far. Mm, maybe they, they might be respect. nine. They might be ten. <laughs> it don't matter. But put some respect. Got to put some respect on that yeah. defense. Yeah, that right. defense has been playing legit. There's been games that it's just the offense can't get it together. Now, the defense has been playing legit. Uh, one of our columnists uh, on the corner, uh, Chris Scribble Holt, been speaking very highly of uh, James Bradbury having one of the uh, better seasons for a corner um, out of everybody in the league right now on a obviously a terrible team. Uh, <laughs> gee, go ahead. Uh, what's your next takeaway? Oh, taking shots, Mr. Oh, Nick Foles is my savior. Fuck out of here. Uh, uh, my last, my second one is going to be all these teams that were contender could actually lose any given Sundays. Look at, look at the Bengals. I did not see that happening. The Viking games, I wasn't even counting on that to happen. Like a lot of these other games, these games just say, what is, and shit, I thought Lamar Jackson was going to win. I didn't think the Steelers were going to win. A lot of these, these contenders looking like pretenders right now. Cause even with the even with the Rams when they lost to Miami, I'm like, wow, are you really gonna lose to Miami against a rookie quarterback? Yeah, nah, it was a pretty crazy weekend, man. Real. I mean, that, that was gonna be one of my takeaways, man. Tua got his first W, um, but yeah, you you just don't know with football. It's, it's, 
honestly the hardest sport to bet on, man. If you're a sports better, you probably really know that. Um, it's hard to measure the analytics. Anything can happen, man. Weather conditions. Now we got COVID in the mix. You, you just don't know, man. Coaches uh, are crazy. That's right. That's right. But, bro, I'm done with the Rams, bro. I'm done with the Rams, bro. After I, I watched too much of that game, I'm just looking at this team. Like, Jared Goff, joke. He threw for about 360. Yeah, he three. He threw 60 passes. Yeah, I'm about to say 360 <laughs> and, and 360 felt like 180. You know what I'm saying? Because like all them yards, a lot of those yards were empty yards, and he was throwing picks at the horrible times, turnovers at horrible times. But did you see the the was it the fumble they took to the house that he that he fumbled? Ridiculous, nice. man. Ridiculous, bro. Jared Goff, I'm done with the Rams, bro. I'm done with the Rams. Yeah, I was saying the Rams were figures. I just I'm not believing in them right now. Either so I feel you right there. I'm with done with you on that. G, you gave me three. You got one more. I lost count. And my last one is Lamar Jackson's last year was an anomaly. He is not playing up to par. I think he should be playing better than he did last year when it comes to passing. And he is not showing me that this year so far. I think last year's was a straight anomaly, and that right now he's not looking like the guy we all projected to be a not, top no, 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 no. quarterback. Uh, top five, nonetheless. He's not looking like that guy right now. Not we all. Uh, except for T. Clearly, T knows who to hate on and who not to. And who I to told love. you that guy could not throw the ball. Yeah. But. That last. Go ahead, man. Jesus. Help, help me, fellas. Help me understand this Lamar Jackson that we're watching. I don't, I don't think it's that. I don't think Lamar Jackson cannot throw the ball. I've seen him make too many perfect passes. Uh. And he does it. He does it when it matters. I mean, if you look at that Steelers game, his arm was literally what kept him in the game. But like when it mattered down the stretch, he was making the throws he had to make to keep his team in the game. I'm pretty sure that the touchdown that put him over over top was a was a was a passing touchdown. Remember, he ran one. They called it back. He came back and threw one into the end zone. I think Lamar Jackson can pass the ball, but he's not in a high volume passing offense. And I also think that he's not in one of those uh, passing offense that gets you all those easy completions. You know, I mean, I don't see a ton of, uh, don't get me wrong. They do they do a, a good amount of slants, but their short yardage to get their short yardage is, is on the run game. They're looking for splash plays out the passing game. They're not looking to just small plays, keep the chains moving, keep the chains moving through the passing game. It's either we're getting chunk yards in the passing game. We're going to keep these sticks moving with the run game. That's their philosophy. Now, I think his numbers may reflect their philosophy more than it reflects his ability. Well, why would we be catering an offense to his ability if, if that's not all he could do? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's who he is. He's a, he's a run-first guy, and he can make a few passes. But if he has to drop back and throw the ball 30, 40 times, if he has to play from behind, he's not going to beat you. He hasn't shown that he can beat you. Call me a hater, but when I see it, then then call me a hater. No, I, I agree with you, T, on this one because technically the 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 Ravens have the, some of the best. They have a top a top five tight end in Mark, and then they have Marquise Brown. I thought he would have elevated to at least a top ten receiver this year. He doesn't even look like that. Like this, Marquise Brown is an elite receiver. If a couple of the passes that he could have found him open, he just underpass it or overpass Marquise Brown. Lamar Jackson's not looking like the guy, man. I got I to disagree. I got to disagree with saying he's never done it. You know, 
He has done it. He has done it. I, I've seen him. I mean, he opened the season doing it. You know, he opened the season lights out passing the football. Uh, I, 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 I truly do believe. Wait, but who did he play opening op- during this opening season? I believe it was the Browns. I believe it was the Browns. But, you know, hey, a lot of people hire the Browns. Right? <laughs> he, he, he 38 6. Do you love the Browns? How about he does like the Browns? Browns. And he was saying how NFC North is one of the best divisions now, all that because of the Browns. So you know, we can we can we can we can talk trash about the Browns when it when it works for the for the argument. But I do I do I do think you guys do have a point. You know what I mean? Lamar Jackson is not very far along as a passer. You know, he's got to still be brought along further as a passer. He still has room to grow as a passer. But to say the guy can't do it, man, I I I, I don't I don't buy that. I don't buy that for one minute. You you guys remember the game where he had like a a million drops, bro. He was just dropping dimes, and Bama was dropping them left that and right. That was the playoff, right? No, that was the playoff, and that happened. That happened this season too. That happened this season too. And it's just like you know, I, I do agree with you guys. Lamar Jackson should be better at this point. You know, he should have some better passing numbers. But look at that philosophy, man. Look at the plays they call it, man. I don't think they're looking for him to be this crazy passer. And another thing that that does that might be stunning his growth a little bit. The fact that they didn't get out in front of it and just let him throw. 40 yard, 40 attempts a game so he can get that get those get the get his feet wet in that way. You know, it, it could be stunting his growth just a little bit. I think the philosophy is is what's really holding him back when it comes to his pass numbers. Mm-hmm. Might need more attempts, might need to get in that rhythm. I, I feel I, like I, I think they have no confidence in him being able to drop back and, and pick teams apart. And until he shows it and maybe practice, I know we didn't have a preseason, maybe preseason. They're gonna run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. They're gonna draft linemen, they're gonna draft running backs and tight ends, and maybe get them a receiver. But Hollywood was mad. Hollywood tweeted something like, "What's the point of having dogs if you're not gonna use them?" Like, that's the offense. Hey, we reading, we reading deep into that. I mean, he could. That could be a shot at Lamar. That could also be a shot at the coaching staff saying, "Why we got Lamar Jackson? You're not letting them let it rip." I don't know. Mm, could be interpreted either way. So. Two says I had to play devil's advocate there. That was a very, very cryptic tweet. That was very, very hard to determine. T, hey, one thing bring us home, home, man. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. My first takeaway is them cryptics, man. They do they do be having some deeper meanings, man. They they do be having some You just don't know, man. Them tweets, man. Them subtweets. They always we'll find out if he doesn't get a ball pass to them. Yeah, we'll see how many targets he gets this week. But now, tweets are for somebody. This, this brings me. This my my first takeaway is in that same vein. Um, and it's not really Lamar Jackson, but it's what are the Ravens? You know what I'm saying? Uh, what do we expect out of the Ravens? I, I I don't think that they can make a playoff run. I think they'll beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. They'll beat the bad teams, but I, I don't know who they are. They have the Colts this week. I'm picking them to lose. Yeah, I know who they are. They're that team that makes the playoffs that, like, will make the playoffs, like, definitively. But, like, whether they make it past the first, second round, doesn't really matter. That's who they are. Hmm. I mean, really you got you, you, you have the MVP, the league MVP, right? Like, you should be a Super Bowl contender. If, I yeah, don't know. He's last year's MVP. So, it's a whole new year. You're in the MVP this year. This season, I, the Ravens only beat – I mean, they lost to the Chiefs. Like, the big teams, they've lost to. So, Colts, we'll see what happens this week. 
which brings me to my second takeaway. I am on board with the Colts. And I know there's, I know there's a lot of Phillip Rivers hate. He's the black Jameis. I, I get that. But when he's on and that defense is playing like they play, that's yeah. a tough team to beat, man. That's a, it, it, When Phillip Rivers is not turning the ball over, that's a tough team to beat. And that's a team you would hate to run into in the playoffs if they're high. Yeah, I don't agree more with that. When my eyes aren't open, they're closed, my friend. I'm just saying. Like, what are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yo. He bring up a good point because he focused on that defense, you know. And I think that that gets lost by a lot of people. They paid the big bucks to DeForest Buckner over the offseason. That seems to be working out. And let's not forget about who I believe is the best linebacker in the NFL. Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard was flying last game. He had been out the, the what, what, maybe three, four games before that. Oh man, but he did he did it all last game. No one, no one at the linebacker position can cover, can th- can thump, and can rush the passer. All three of those things combined from Darius Leonard, man, he's a rare, rare breed, rare breed. So, so we have no no faith in the Colts, none. I got a little bit. I don't got a lot of faith in Rivers. But I got some faith in the Colts, man. So I got, I got so, faith in the defense. So if they beat Colts, the Ravens, Ravens, same thing. Who cares? If they beat the Ravens this week, that won't mean anything. This, both of those teams will make the playoffs and not do shit. Fair Maybe. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Maybe, so, maybe they were quarterback away. I don't know. So, so my my third takeaway is um, it, it was really going to be Joe Burrow because I watched this tape and it, it was amazing. But um, this this other guy put on better tape, but. Uh, is it time to start mentioning DK with the Hopkins and the Julios and the Antonio Browns of the world? Like, is it time to put DK up there with with those guys? Absolutely. I think so. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I'll jump in first. Absolutely oh, it is. Because, like, bro, first of all, this, this, this is what I look for in my personal scouting approach. So, like, all y'all scouts out there, don't steal this from me, all right? I'm not a football scout. I'm a, I'm a basketball scout, but I'll tell you what I look for. I look for things that you can't teach, right? You can't teach being that fucking big, that fucking strong, and being able to jump like that with that kind of a 40 and just the way he puts the separation on him, he just and then he just uses his body to get – and then he's got the dude throwing the perfect dime to him. So, like, he's got all the perfect conditions and perfect storm to be one of the elite in the league, and I think he is already. So. I don't know, man. Slow, slow your horses a little bit, man. What happened the week before DK just went off for what he went off for? You know who went off the week before? Tyler Lockett might have had the best receiver uh, game in fantasy football all season with like over Peace. 20 yards, three touchdowns. And you know why? Because Russell Wilson is the catalyst, man. You give Russell Wilson any of these top 25, top 30 fringe receivers, they're going to instantly look like top 10. And that's just how I feel. I mean, Doug Baldwin. What do you guys think Doug Baldwin – I love Doug Baldwin. I love his game. But what do you think he would have been without Russell Wilson? I don't know. I'm not trying to call it. I'm just not sure. If uh, Let's just say if Kirk Cousins were throwing to Doug Baldwin, I'm not sure we have the same results. And uh, I think Russell Wilson is a big reason. I do think D- DK Metcalf is a dog, certified dog. It's no question. Is he top five right now? There's no way in hell. Is I'm sorry, Ron. But there's no way in hell that DK Metcalf is top five. I can think of five guys off the top of my off the top of my head right now that are that are that are definitely better than him. 
uh, DeAndre Hopkins, right? Devontae Adams, right? All right, I'm drawing a couple blanks right now. Michael okay. Thomas. <laughs> what was that? What was that, D? Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Tyreek Hill. You don't tell me DK Metcalf. Tyreek Hill? Yes, Tyreek Hill. Absolutely, bro. Like, I, I kind of I feel like him and Tyreek Hill are the same type of guy. Like, uh, yeah, the only thing is Tyreek Hill has done it game after game after game after game. You like, I, I agree. DK Metcalf has shown flash of being that type of guy, right? He's he, he, he's flashed, he's flashed, but you got to be consistent, consistent, consistent. What do you mean, got to be consistent? He finished, he finished the, the last year with like eight, nine hundred receiving yards as a rookie, which is pretty, pretty good. Right and now, you did that. Three other rookies uh, did that, Three only other- him, Debo, and, and AJ Brown. Terry McLaurin too. Don't forget. Oh, oh yeah, and McLaurin, McLaurin, those yeah. four dogs. All them guys are dogs. Deontay Johnson just barely missed it. I think he was like ten yards away from having his. Well, we can't we, we can't mention him then. <laughs> but you look, know who DJ Metcalf reminds me of. He reminds me of the high school prom queen. So y'all telling me he's better? He, he, he looks good, and once his moment of stage gets there I'm, and is over with, it's a dub. I'm telling you right now. I'm taking DK Metcalf over Julio because Julio don't stay on the field. Bro, yes, he Julio does. Julio is always hurt. No, he's not. Julio has 2,000 yard receiving seasons. If DK sniffs that, who has, who, has, who has more receiving yards right now? Bro, last year we were saying is AJ Brown better than DK Metcalf? Legitimately. Every, right. And they went to the same college. And we were wondering, wow, how's AJ Brown was that much better than DK Metcalf? How do we miss that? No, no. Man, like, I didn't miss that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you, you missed it. I'm, I'm talking about the, the world, the NFL world, right? Everyone knew DK had the measurables. Everyone wasn't too sure about A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown got drafted higher, but when he got into the NFL, it looked like he was way better for a minute. Like, we, I thought, it, you know what I mean? Like, based off last season alone, DK is a dog. There's no question, but I don't know, man. I, I think I'm with, uh, I'm with my, my boy Hansel with this one, man. It's too soon for DK, but the future is indeed bright as a light. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, DK, DK is 25 yards off of leading the league DK. in receiving yards. He's one yard off of average yards per catch. He is number one for touchdowns. I mean, it's a tie. It's, it's six of them, but he has seven <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> six of them, but. Hey, it's seven touchdowns in seven games, though. You know what I'm saying? He's on pace for 16 touchdowns. Like, he's on pace for 1,400 yards. I, I don't know. He's a dog, he, bro. There's no he's question. All paid for better all numbers. Right. Okay, then. okay. Take him off the Seahawks. Take him away from Russell Wilson, bro. Just let's just say that for a second. How are we right? gonna do that? No, 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 no. This this is what you gotta do though. Because you gotta you gotta factor in that if he was playing with Stefan Diggs leading the league in receiving yards right now, right? Yeah, no, Hopkins. Okay, so Hopkins just overtook him. He wasn't sniffing that with Kirk Cousins. He was up there top 10, top 15, but he wasn't in that number one, number two range, right? Sometimes situations, you know, make guys look a little better than they are. DK Metcalf, certified dog, but I think Russell Wilson is just helping him get that shine right now. DK is doing this with 20 less catches than these guys. He's a deep threat and certified. No, and that's what I thought, right? That's what I thought, too, until I watched the 49ers game, and I realized he's an underneath threat because guys are playing 10 yards off of him. If anything, he runs inside. He's open. He runs a slant. He's open. He runs a, a little curl. He's open. Guys are so scared of that speed, they're making him an underneath threat. 
they took a one-dimensional guy and they added dimension to his game. So I think he's in that conversation. We'll see. Man, we shall see. We shall see. But I'd say he's up there. You know, he's definitely one of the cream of the crop. Okay. So, hold on, let me get to my list. Oh, no, that was my third takeaway. Never mind. <laughs> All right, bet, bet. All right, well, let's, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. Uh, T, I think I think I think you 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 got something for us on this one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold up, let me see what we have. Boom, baby. Let's shift this thing back out of football into the NBA, and it's looking more and more like we're gonna have this uh, season start around the twenty first, twenty second. My birthday is the twenty first, so start on the twenty second is perfect. You know, said so be a nice gift. But it's looking like a league that's probably gonna start without its biggest star, LeBron James. So. How do we feel about the NBA, you know, the NBA starting with LeBron James? This is becoming more and more reality. I know we touched on it last week, but it's here now. Hasn't been signed off, but all signs point to these guys are starting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with it. I mean, the only thing I, I'm concerned with is, um, you know, what this is all about. It's all about money, you know. So I'm just concerned that the season is too short. Uh, like the irregular season, you know, if you will. Like, how are you going to draft the guys in November? I think November, middle of November is the draft, right? It's coming up. Uh, and then you got to do all these free agency signings, trades, all of the uh, processing of all the players. And then you got to integrate all the pieces together in a short time. And then the whole reason they're trying to get this slided up is for the ratings. Now, I don't know who's going to be playing on, on the – they better have a really good slate on uh, Christmas – because without LeBron, you know, that's a big part of your ratings right there. And um, I think the last thing the NBA wants is for another ratings tank after um, what you'd say is pretty low ratings, I would say, during the playoffs. So you so you feel like they're going to lose – potentially they stand to lose money, lose ratings without having a king out there week one, two, three, four, five maybe. They got to have enough matchups that you don't even notice that he's not playing. And then what you don't want is to have a depleted matchup. Those are the matchups that really, I, I just, I just, they really, they really, really piss me off, man. Like, don't, don't, don't set up, like, just be flexible with your schedule. Like, come on, man. Like, don't set up Zion versus uh, somebody and then, like, Zion's not there. And then I'm watching, like, all these scrubs play. Nah, that's not <laughs> what I signed up for. So like if the Lakers are in the are the, if the Lakers are scheduled for for a Christmas Day game and LeBron James is playing, I think it's a really good argument to say that they don't even really belong on the Christmas Day schedule. Just tell them to stay home. What you like, think? I'd rather G? watch so many of the guys. G, what you think I mean, you plan on watching? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Why not? Because we getting Steph Curry yeah, back, we getting the Flash Brothers back. We're getting uh, the NBA back in general, you know, healthy teams all back. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's going to suck without LeBron, of course, because it's just AD and a bunch of fucking bums. Unless they get Chris Paul, then never mind. I'm still watching the Lakers play. <laughs> That's a good point. How about you, Bryce? You, you locked in? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, we're going to be locked in no matter what. But I think Scrub bring up a good point. It's definitely all about the ratings. But the reason... The reason that they can't move it back is I, I think Scruff was kind of, you know, suggesting maybe they do, especially if LeBron can't go. They can't move it back. It's a few big reasons. Mm -hmm. One, we all know that of all the major sports in America, 
NBA has the most international reach, right? And this summer, we've got something coming with the most international reach, and that is the Olympics. And you're not competing with the Olympics. I don't care what you try to do. Once the Olympics comes, not only is everybody in America watching it, but everybody worldwide is paying very, very close attention. The NBA won't be able to compete. And on top of that, they're gonna have to send a lot of their players. They got they have to send a lot of their players to the Olympics, right? If they if if they want to keep getting that international recognition. So that's one of the main reasons I, th I feel like the NBA is just like, look, we, we can't move it back because we can't compete with the Olympics. And if we move it back on top of that, we miss out on 500 million to one billion dollars uh, in revenue. That was the last number I heard. They're not missing out on 500 to one billion, right? I mean. Now, players like LeBron, uh, you know, these super max guys, they can look at that 500, that, that Billy. It's not really going to affect them because they're getting their money either way. Like, they already paid up. You know, these guys got 100 millions in the bank. Those guys are good. But your 350K, you know, minimum salary guy, you know, he needs that check. He needs that chicken. And I think that's, uh, that's another thing that they got to take into account. I hope they start the season on time. They're just not going to be able to compete with the Olympics in the summer. Hold on, hold on, Bryce. Hold on. I, now, I got to disagree with you on that one. This is not the 90s where you need the Olympics. The NBA does not need the Olympics anymore. We could clearly all understand that. Because without the NBA players playing the Olympics, who the hell is watching the Olympics basketball team? I know I ain't. No, but I mean, like, when I say compete with the Olympics, like, bro, people are going to watch the swimming Worldwide, they're gonna watch Olympic swimming before they watch NBA basketball. I promise you. Like, I feel not you. Not at all, because you're talking about when Olympics come on, right? It's gonna be in the summer, right? And technically, that's the round during the finals. If we get a good finals matchup against the Olympics, what are you watching? Are you watching the good, the nah, great well, finals matchups? Are you watching finals. a bunch of a bunch of people? Swimming or trying to do whatever the hell they're doing during the no, 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 no. I, I agree with you. I am in your boat, right? But we are Americans that live in America, right? I'm talking about the dude in China. I'm talking about the dude in Russia. I'm talking about the dude in Europe. I'm letting you know they're going to watch the Olympics before they watch NBA basketball. You know why? Because they're going to watch their countrymen before they watch our countrymen. It's that simple. Right. Nah, you're right about that, uh, Bryce. That's totally yeah. true. I'm, I'm realizing. They have a big I'm watching Simone Biles on, on, on the floor before I watch LeBron pass up game winners. <laughs> All right? Personally. You don't count, T. You do not Personally. count, bro. I'm watching backhand. Now, but <laughs> okay, before he's watching LeBron James play, my man is going to watch what's the little ones that did little broomsticks and they're trying to curling, uh, curling. curling. My man rather watch curling before you watch LeBron dunk. You don't even count, bro. Come on now. <laughs> We all count, especially on a day like today. If you <laughs> cast your vote, you count, all right? The Yankees, yeah, as my Latino brothers would say, we're all Yankees. Yeah, everybody <laughs> counts. Everybody needs that representation. Everybody needs that chicken. You feel me? Which uh, is a good segue into our next topic. Well, yeah, that you're right, Scrub. It is, especially talking about international uh, sports, international basketball especially, man, because one thing – that's a lot bigger internationally than it is, you know, on the home front is women's basketball. Um, they, they consistently do numbers overseas, at least at least bigger numbers with rating shares than we seem to do here as far as the WNBA. And because of that, a lot of these WNBA players, they end up going overseas during their offseason and, you know, essentially doubling up, playing for a Tel Aviv or, you know, one of these teams on that side and getting getting that getting that extra chicken. Uh, at the end of the day, that's all what it's all about when you're doing your profession, um, right? You do it for the love of the game, but you deserve to be compensated properly. 
Now, I do not believe that the WNBA players have been compensated properly as, uh, when you, you kind of measure up what their talent and what their skill level is. Because talent and skill level-wise, they are definitely on the same level as NBA players. But the wage gap is getting out of hand. So my question to you, fellas, is what can be done to, you know, to kind of even that wage gap a little bit? You know, like what, what, are some, what are some steps that can be taken to get more eyes on this great product that is the WNBA or to possibly improve the product or anything that will get eyes on it? T, I'm starting with you. All right, I got some uh, realistic stuff, and I got some more out there stuff. And uh, but more realistically, like at the end of the day, uh, the NBA has been trying to to market the WNBA, but they they got to do a better job of it. E- even if that means putting WNBA games right before NBA games, I- I'll get to the arena earlier. Uh, you know, w- whatever the case may be, I'm in the stands. You're selling tickets. We're going to revenue share. I mean, people, if you're going to watch the WNBA, you're going to watch it. But at least this way, the ticket sales from one game, you know what I'm saying, is, can can be split between teams within the same city, situations like that. That's that's one reason, uh, one way. Another thing is they got to make the games more entertaining um, from a fan perspective. And I, I think they try to do that, but you got to shoot a lot more T-shirts into the crowd. You got to bring a lot more people. Uh, maybe you need more TV timeouts, but you got to b- bring people down do competitions, crazy things like that. I don't know, man. Have little guest coaches that just get to sit on the bench. But the the, the fan experience has to be better than the, the NBA fan experience if you ever want to compete with that. Um, another thing they can do, and this, this is a little bit more radical, right, but increase the ticket prices but make the games open bar. <laughs> You're going to get me in there if I can drink. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's, just, that's just me. You're going to get me in there and if, if I can drink it. If I'm in there, I'm going to watch the game. It's, it's going to kind of be like baseball, but less expensive. Like, I'm in there, I'm, I'm going to watch the game. Um, those, those are my main takeaways. I, I had a whole list here. Um, uh, put the games on other networks. Don't just put them on ESPN. You know, put them on NBC. Let me let me find these games other ways. Just flip them through the channels. I mean, it's, it's a variety of ways. And, and things that they could do, but from we already heard that. <laughs> hey, AT, but I, you, you make some good points, man. I think uh, we've seen some leagues in the past try to get away with doing with getting gimmicky a little bit to kind of uh, you know to kind of to kind of double up uh, you know on, on the on the eyes that's on them. I think we saw that with like the AAF. Um, and with the uh, with, with the XFL as well, you know, they were they were doing a few a few gimmick things, a few handouts, giveaways, um, performances from artists, stuff like that to get people in the stadium. I think another thing, too, that's kind of interesting. When I think back to the NHL, you guys remember when the NHL was losing eyes drastically, man. You know what they did? They started letting Bama's fight in the games again. So they started letting people fight again. People started watching. As soon as they brought back the uh, shootout, people started watching. So I think that's a thing. Uh, that, that that possibly could be done. I think you know, focusing on some rule changes could be interesting as well. Uh, G, what, what, what do you what do you think about uh, about the WNBA, the wage gap, and how we could possibly close it? Well, the wage gap is all going to come down to the fans because you really can't play it or play X amount of money if they're not taking, they're not getting X amount of revenue to support that. So. For that, they're just going to have to bring more fans. Even on that, they got to make the game more exciting. Shoot a little bit more threes, do a little bit more dunks. Do what the NBA did originally, right? 
cast your biggest stars and throw them in the forefront. Make them make them the league, not the league make them. If you get what I'm saying, do what the NBA did back in the '90s with Michael Jordan. But it's gonna have to find that one particular female player to just bring everything to the forefront and make it that much better. Make us more interested on the game, on the product itself, because if they don't make it interested enough, like what you guys are saying, then none of us are going to go there to watch. Like they got to give us something that we want to put us right down there to, to make those women players. Because technically, you hear it from LeBron James and other X amount of players, they'll tell you some of the best basketball players are in the WNBA instead of the NBA. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think you bring up something interesting, man. Uh, especially when you use the word, you know, make make us watch, you know, because uh, I I feel like I can go both ways on that. I think you, I think you bring up a good point. They do got to do some things to bring us in. But on the other hand, is it is it their job to like make us aware of this great product? Shouldn't we already know? And I think it's to some women's sports that I know personally, I pay attention to the women's side of it way more than men's side. One of them is tennis, right? Rarely do I watch men's tennis, but if a Serena Williams is on, if a Venus Williams is on, if a Naomi Osaka is on, you know, I'm tuning in. I'm always tuning in to those. And I, and I feel like those matches are better than the men's matches. One, because the men's matches are five sets, which takes forever, four hours sometimes. The women's matches are three sets. It gets it out the way. Quick game. I can digest it nice and easily. And uh, on top of that, those are also player, those are also um, athletes that I feel more connected to based off their background, right? I think that's another thing that maybe they could start introducing is not just making the players the, for, the forefront, but also focusing in on the stories, honing in on the on the journeys, you know? So I do think you make a good point, G. Scruff, man, last one. What's up? Uh, I got a couple of ideas, really. Um, in terms of the, the the financial prosperity of the league in, peri- in period, I believe the only practical way to do this is to make the WNBA part of the NBA in the sense that it's like a subsidiary and there's a revenue sharing model within the league. That way it balances out the revenue because ultimately the the balance of, of the, um, the the money is basically it's dictated upon the, the cultural, um, just the way it is, unfortunately. Um, but that's one way you could bring money to the league. Uh, with that being said, the women themselves, the athletes the, 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 that, that play in the WNBA are, are grossly underpaid. Um, we've seen a graphic with like Sue Bird and she's making like, Bro, like it's crazy. Like I, I've I've had the I've had the pleasure of, of of speaking with some pros that played in the WNBA, played five six years. What they making, bro? Really like forty fifty k, like the type of stuff that like college grads make right out of college anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like um, short careers, if that. Um, a lot of them are going playing overseas during the time to to to, to bring extra money in. You see them in broadcasting roles. You see them doing double hustle, man, and um, it's it's not fair. So but one easy way that I feel like is a way, way you can put money into the players' pockets is through partnerships. It's about branding. It's about partnerships. Um, you have all these different um, women, like all different shapes and sizes and um, all different kinds, bro. Like, um, And that's the beauty, beautiful thing about it, especially in today's, in today's world, people like seeing that diversity. You know, like, why does the WNBA not have a partnership with, like, um, you know, like a cosmetic line or, like, a hairline or, like, more, like, clothing brands and, like, shoes and, like, more stuff like that? Because women are the biggest consumers in the in, in the world, especially in, especially in the U.S. economy. 
So with WNBA, there's beautiful WNBA players out there and there's all different kinds of them out there for you, for you guys. You know, why not have more partnerships in place where you can put these brands in place and then people can see that and that representation matters and people, you know, you see people like you might, you know, repping these brands, it makes you want to go and buy them too. Like, you know, maybe more signature sneakers, you know what I'm saying? Like for the top stars, like let's, let's see some Britney Griners, you know what I'm saying? Let's see some, some, some signature kicks for Candace Parker, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure little girls out there would be appreciating that and they would love to buy them, you know, and they'd be rocking them Jones. If that's your favorite player, Candace Parker, go ahead. Yeah, you, you rock a pair of Candace Parker kicks. Why not? So I think more branding, more partnerships is the answer to put more money in the players' pockets. Word, word. Yeah, I think I think you bring up some great points there, man. And uh, just to just to harp on that Sue Bird point you made, Sue Bird, LeBron James, both got 17 seasons in their respective leagues. Both have four championships in their respective leagues. One makes. 315 oh excuse me 215,000 the other one makes 37.44 million you know it's ridiculous discrepancy and uh i think you guys make some good points and i think uh the biggest thing for me is i think that they got to pull nba fans in you know they got to just pull sports fans in in general i think the biggest the best way to do that in my opinion is to showcase how the skills how similar the skills actually are right Everyone always goes around gloating about how skilled the NBA players are, how they're the most skilled athletes, right? Well, it's the same goes for WNBA athletes, right? So one of my one of my first things I would love to see is let's integrate some of these all-star festivities. Let's integrate the skills challenge. I guarantee you, Sue Bird, Dinah Tarasi, they'll probably dog somebody in the skills challenge. Chances are they'll win it. Let's integrate the three-point shooting contest. Everybody shoots threes, right? They shoot threes in WNBA, they shoot threes in the NBA. All right, let's just have one three-point contest. What do we need two for? You know what I mean? And I think doing things like that, and hey, maybe we even get to the point one day. Like honestly, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of seeing the, you know, maybe I don't want to take any any flack for this, but I'm tired of having WNBA players in the celebrity game. But let's get a real all-star game where it's integrated WNBA and NBA players. And I'm I I'm pretty sure we'll see some angles broke that we didn't expect to get broke. Like at least there's some didn't expect to get broke. I think we might might very well expect it. But I think starting to integrate the games a little bit just so the casual basketball fan can see how how the skills are right there. The skills are the exact same skills. And in my opinion, WNBA players, especially the guards, especially like the wing players, are more skilled than NBA players right now, in my opinion. So they're underrated, man. They're very, very underrated. And I think that brings us to our, to, to our next point, to our next topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect segue for our next topic. Shout out to everybody that's out there putting in the work in the lab, wherever you, whatever your bag is, you get into it, you know? So we're going to switch from one bag to another into the world of music. Because, you know, the world of sports and music is so synonymous. Um, so with that, we're going to get into the most underrated top five segment, um, you know, one of my favorites, but this is going to be an all-time classic. And we're covering the top five most underrated rappers. This is a personal list for each of us. Everyone's got their own definitions of underrated. We know T's definition of underrated, so expect heavy hitters on his list. But no, nah, I'm just kidding. We'll see what happens, though, seriously. Um, <laughs> top five most underrated rappers. Uh, T, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Well, you know... I 
you, you set it up right, you know what I'm saying? Because the, the first guy on my list, and this list isn't in any particular order, and I didn't want to make a list of like truly like underrated guys, so underrated that you don't know who they are. Um, so my list is about people that are underrated for uh, different reasons, and all of them aren't lyrical ability. So my first underrated guy is, is Cameron. It's, it's Killer Cam. And I'm going to tell you why he's underrated, right? Not only is he a good rapper, good albums, a funny guy, you know, good movie roles that we remember, but the lineage. And a lot of, I think a lot of rappers try to create a lineage of rappers underneath them and with their label and that sort of thing. But it, it doesn't always work. You look at G-Unit and we really only got 50 in game. But you look at Dipset, you came out of there with Jim Jones, who came out of there with Max B, who came out of there with French Montana, you know what I'm saying? Uh, then you got Joel Santana. Like, Cam put a lot of guys out. I mean, RIP Stack Bundles, uh, Chinks Drugs. Like, there's a lot of guys under that Dipset umbrella. And it, it really started with Cam. So, I put Cam there in my underrated rappers list because when they talk about greatness, he doesn't get mentioned a lot, but he did a lot for, for music. So that's five. My number four guy is a Pusha T and another guy that's insane lyricist, but I'm putting him there just because he defeated Drake. You know, what? In, in whatever way that you can defeat Drake because you can't really kill his career because he's a pop star, but he did what me couldn't do. You know what I'm saying? He put Drake in a body bag. He, he zipped him up, sent him home. You know what I'm saying? He he did a gender reveal for, for Drake. You know what I'm saying? Hey, boom, we got a son. This man got a son right here. So, push a T. That's number four for me. All right, number three, I got uh, Beanie Siegel. And I got Beanie Siegel because we, we give Eminem a lot of credit for that Renegade track where he, he stood toe-to-toe with Jay-Z. Beanie Siegel did that every single time he was on a verse with Jay-Z. Like, there's no drop-off. Some of these Jay-Z, Beanie Siegel songs, it's debatable. Some of them you say, all right, Beanie's got the edge. And when we talk about top five MCs, you talk about Jada. Beanie's battled Jada. He, he didn't get slaughtered. Like, you got to mention Beanie's to becoming the reason, the truth. He, he has great albums, great music. Beans is slept on. I mean, if you if you don't know rap, go back and listen to Beans. If you only know Jay Z, young some of the younger fans. Um, my number two guy is Starlito. A lot of people don't know who Starlito is, but he's from Nashville. Uh, the last five years, he's put out nothing but great music. Uh, he has everything you're looking for in an artist: relatability, uh, vocal tone, um, a flow. He, you know, his timing is impeccable on every beat. I mean, he just. Every beat he's on just sounds better. So Starlito's my guy. Him and Don Tripp usually rap together. Uh, his, his Hot Chicken album, that, that's a hood classic to me. It's real real drug bars, not these fancy prices and tennis shoes and all these clever metaphors that from guys that didn't really do it. I'm not talking about those Buffalo guys, but I'm talking about them. But uh, yeah, Starlito. Wow. <laughs> Starlito really, really did that thing. And, Are you um, talking about Zelda? I don't know how you come from this. Hey, T, hey, T always got one up his sleeve, man. I swear. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when when you know, you know. Like my man Pusha T saying, when you know, you know, man. Some people just talk too flat. I, I know they ain't living. But um, my, num- my number one is, is, uh, is, is Lupe, man. Lupe Fiasco is probably 
one of the greatest MCs to ever touch a microphone. I mean, he, he's a master lyricist. He's your rapper's, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. I mean, most guys want to put bars together like him. I mean, he could do anything. He could honestly, he could do trap music if he wanted to. He just put out a song, sound like Lil Uzi Vert. Like, the guy is super skilled and he slept on. He got a classic album, got two in my opinion, but you know, as far as touching the mic, putting bars together, no one that I've heard, maybe a black thought, but nobody does it better than Lupe. Good one. But that's Good my one. Food, and, food and Liquor is one of my favorite all-time albums, for sure. Yes, sir. Um, very slept on. Uh, G, why don't you go ahead and give us your top five most underrated rappers? My top five, five is going to be Big Crit. I think Big Crit is very slept on. I think he's very nice. Crypt is here. It's fucking a dope mixtape. If you never heard of it, go back and do your Googles. Listen to that mixtape. It's fire. That's, he was coming up during the Wiz Khalifa era. So this is why he's really slept on. He was coming during when it was what, Black and Yellow. And then you also had like Big Sean coming up the way too. He was coming during that era. And then my other uh, under, my number four is going to be Big L. If you never heard of Big L, See, you said Cameron, right? Cameron's underneath Big L's lineages. lineages. Yeah, Children of the Corn, Murder Mace. I I know. You feel me? And then then on top of that, if you only know about the hood lingo, listen to Ebonics. He'll break it down since 1992. We still use some of that lingo. So listen to Ebonics. If you ever need to, if you ever hear somebody say some shit you never heard of, listen to Ebonics. Nine out of ten times, Big L says something about it. So now my number third spot is going to be a lot of people, probably some of you guys heard of them already, Immortal Technique. The first time I ever heard of Immortal Technique was during the whole whole conspiracy era. My friends used to always talk about, oh, 9-11, this is a hoax, this and that. My boy put on some Immortal Technique. And like at, during that time, Immortal Technique was dropping songs from prison. He's He's been out for like the last five years or so. And if you still could find some Mortal Technique songs, some of the most enlightening songs I ever heard in my life came through a Mortal Technique. The dude is from, uh, he's Peruvian, Latino dude, super dope, super underrated. But his shit is fire. Fire, fire. If you want to open your mind, listen to a Mortal Technique. Dude is super fire. And then my number, that's three, right? So number two, my number set, my second spot overall, I have to be Lori Banks. How dare you, how dare you, how how in your right mind you say that of the 50 cent, it was only the game. Were you crazy? Coke All we got two? is Beamers, Benz, and Bentley. <laughs> Bro, blasphemous, blasphemous, my boy. Because you have V5, V6, Coke Corner 1 and 2. There's so many mixtapes. How would we have it 1 and 3 against, well, I could drop mixtapes. Look, man, I, 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 yeah, I, 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 Free the way, free to God. The main reason why I started drinking Hennessy at a young age because of Max B. Shit that I should have been doing because of Max B. Woo, my man got me so much shit. That's why I'm a little bit of 
of a little a little ghetto baby, a little dirty baby. <laughs> Max B was the reason why I did a lot of wild shit. Mr. Mr. Uh Blow Me a Dove remix. Ooh, Blow me a dove. Uh, or Don P. I can't really say all the lyrics of Don P because we might get fired. We might get dropped off the air. This Max B is just so much fire. I don't know why Nick. Not to put you on plastic, why my man's on fucks with Max B, but he is the truth. My man was the original, the originator and singing and rapping before Drake. Just remember that, folks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel him, man. I feel him. He's a real, real wavy dude, man. He just doesn't sound good singing, so I just prefer not to, you know, just sound. sound. It's about the lyrics. It's about the lyrics. It's about the lyrics. Man, you got to connect with the music. You stay, you know, like you know, I, I, I just. You know, like if you can't sing, you don't sing. Just stay in your lane. Like that's just my personal feel. But you know, he's a real wavy dude. So respect to the wave king. You know, so <laughs> hey, he's, he's a legend. In the wave, man. <laughs> he's a legend, bro. I'm just saying he's not. I'm not listening to that man sing in my ears. Not not with my high quality beat headphones. Them shit's gonna sound terrible, bro. This is what it is. Oh, wow. Well, if you saying if you can't rap, if you can't sing, don't sing. Well, to all these dudes that can't rap, don't rap. Well, if they can't rap, they're not on this list. So um, that's your that's your five, right? So uh, Bryce, go ahead and give us your top five. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I kind of separated mine into like almost different <clears throat> different categories for each one. So first one, I got a guy that is underrated because not a, not everyone's heard of him. But if you pay attention to the guy's playlist, you know about my guy Rex Life Raj, man. To me. This guy is, you know, quintessential rapper right now. Uh, he combines the elements of rapping and singing with the type of content matter that uh, that can get people through and not just the nonsense, you know, fluff. Here listening to fluff all day, right? So number five, I got Rex. Number four, I had to go with a hometown hero, man, who I I don't think he's ever got the love he deserves, and that's Wale. Uh, when Wale came out, came out around the same time as a J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, kind of came up in that, that little era and Big Sean, but you don't really usually hear him mention with those guys' names. To me, he's just as good a rapper as those guys. I mean, it's I mean, they're not shoulders above him when it comes to rapping. Wale's wordplay is ridiculous. His metaphors, crazy. The dude doesn't get enough credit. I think a part of the, the not getting enough credit is he knows he doesn't get enough credit, and he voices that. I think that rubs people the wrong way, but in the, the day, if you're not getting enough credit, it's okay to let everyone know you're not getting enough credit. Number three, this is one of my uh, underrated guys that I guess was like, he had his moment and it, it fizzled out somehow. And you see a couple of the guys that were around him rise up. And that's my man, Rich Homie Quan, man. When it was Rich Homie Quan and uh, Young Thug, you couldn't tell, you really couldn't tell me that Young Thug was better than Rich Homie at that time. I was sure that Rich Homie was going to be that dude from that, those Atlantic connections, man. To this day, it's a few Rich Homie songs. Every time I throw them on, I'm just like, Damn, how did this dude not, not last, man? It's still crazy to think about it. But Rich Homie, that's my number three. Number two, uh, T, you mentioned him. And it's only because they don't, they don't, he said it, he said it, man. Top five, dead or alive, that's just all one LP. People still disrespect him when they do those top 10 lists. And uh, that's Jada, man. Jada is one of the best rappers of all time. I think that versus put a lot into perspective for some people especially when he was going against a guy that's a little flashier than him, a little more radio hits than him. He held his own, and in my opinion, won in the landslide victory. So uh, Jada's my number two. And my number one, if, if you don't know about 
I'm gonna say it, the God, one of the gods of rap right now. If you're not hip to Rhapsody, you're lost. Rhapsody is possibly the best rapper right now. Like when I hear her bars and I stack them up next to Coles and Kendricks and you know Wale's and you know these guys are supposed to be the top guys. There's no difference in bar quality. There's no difference in flow. There's no difference in cadence. Like she is a she is a certified dog, man. And the fact that she doesn't get as much recognition as she deserves, I think, just lands back to the whole NBA, WNBA, you know, wage gap, right? Rhapsody should be up there and should be revered as perhaps the best rapper in the game, or definitely one of the best in the game. No question. She's not getting the her her just do. She's not getting her you know her flowers. They say, but you know, I'm gonna give them to her today. She's my number one. Uh, most underrated rapper. Okay, oh, you know what? Hey, I got an honorable mention though. My God, Pat Poose, man, who's heard alphabetical slaughter, yo? If you ain't heard alphabetical slaughter, yo, when I was like, I think I was like, maybe like ninth, tenth grade, bro. I thought this dude was about to be a beat. Now we see how it ended up. You know, say he he didn't he didn't he didn't ride the wave like he should have. But bro, when alphabetical slaughter dropped, you couldn't tell me Pat Poose wasn't about to be a dog, bro. <laughs> Yeah, nah, he had, he had. Bro, he, you ever heard of the Royal Library? Yeah. That's shit. Pat Pooze is a stay-at-home yeah. husband, man. Keep him off your list. Yo, why are you going to be so disrespectful to you, yo? You success, that, is yo. How you de- success is how you define it, my man. He might be feeling real good about himself, but uh, that's that's really none of my business. Um, <laughs> uh, Let me go ahead and kick off my top five list. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's probably doing all right. But um, nah. Let me go ahead. I, mean, I got like like sections of my list too. So my my fifth person is gonna be like a regional kind of underrated dude to to locally. He's a legend. Um, Newark, New Jersey, Sue Surf, uh, Tsunami Surf. You know, Tsunami known for his got the battle rapper from there. I love it. Yeah, known for uh, being a battle rap legend, lyrical, you know, wordplay, all that. He should just drop some recent uh, heat. Um, good stuff, bro. Good stuff. He's still spitting, bro. He's still spitting. Still got bars. Um, making a little bit of diverse music. Now I like what he's got. Uh, recent album. Check out Sue Surf's most recent. Um, so Sue Surf. Um, number uh, four is a guy who's like a OG in the game. Sometimes when you're OG in the game, people know your credentials. They know you're certified, but you just don't get enough love. And that's Bun B, the Trill OG himself. You know what I'm saying? My man said he about to shake these haters off like the skin of a locust. You feel me? Enough said. Enough said. Enough said. <laughs> shake the haters off like the skin of a locust. Oh, my. All right. Number three. Uh, this guy is underrated because he's unorthodox. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you do things a little bit different, your flow is a little weird. A lot of people say his flow is weird. Number three, currency. Currency, the hot spitter. Man, this man is a vibe, bro. Like, he's literally my life goals. Like, you talk about, like, being successful. Like, to me, currency is one of the most successful people in the game because all he do is smoke weed all day, make music, ride around in hot whips, and chill with his dogs, man. Like, that dude's living the life, bro. So I love his flow. I love his unorthodox um, delivery. Um, he's got hits, bro. He's got hits. It's a vibe, bro. You got to really feel it. Um, better than Wiz Khalifa, but this is another conversation. No, no, no. You're tripping. I got to slow you down right there. 
I mean, Polish, man. they make beautiful music <laughs> together. I, I almost put Wiz on my list because he's, like you say, he's with Wale, J. Cole, Big Sean. He's more successful than all of them except maybe Kendrick. But they never talk about that. that. You can argue that. Well, I got somebody else from that uh, that draft class that belongs on the list. Uh, and to me, he's to me is the best. To me, I mean, he's up there with J. Cole and Kendrick as the best rapper in the game right now. Personally, he's my personal favorite in the game. I think you oh, know what I'm about to say. Big Sean. Big Sean is one of the most underrated in the game. Most underrated. Most underrated, bro. My man got he got he got stuff. And the big thing about like about Big Sean is the message in the songs. You know, I'm a big person. I believe in you know putting good stuff in your body, good music. Um, literally, uh, Big Sean, one of the most underrated in the game to me. Um, now, number one, it's a repeat, man. I didn't think anyone was gonna pick this guy because I thought I was the only one that loves Lupe Fiasco, bro. Lupe Fiasco, bro, that's my number one most underrated rapper because, like, he's the number one most underrated rapper on my list because he literally seems crazy, but, like, he's, like, in the GOAT conversation in a way. Like, of the greatest rappers of all time, he's, like, one of them, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. um, Special Flow, bro, his um, Food and Liquor album was one of the best hip-hop albums of all time. Um, That's when I first started getting into writing poetry and Right, uh, rapping and yeah, we gonna have a playlist. Don't worry, Michelle, we got you. But um, definitely gonna drop some Lupe on there. Um, Food and Liquor, the Cool album was great. Um, even the a uh, couple other ones, man. He just keeps it coming, bro. Uh, Lupe Fiasco, Shot Town. He's a legend. Um, put some respect on Lupe Fiasco's name. You know what I'm saying? That's all nah, I gotta look, say. I, I, Scrap, I feel you a thousand percent, man. When you're talking about pure rap ability like you can't really mention a lot of guys in his league you know if, if you wanted to put measurables on it like he would run a, a 4 140 he would have a 60 inch vertical like the guy is that high above a lot of these other rappers. yeah but his three cone drill is real iffy though his three cone drill. <laughs> I mean, he, he has the numbers I don't know three cone, man. He, he has he has international hits he has national hits so i'm not sure what he's missing other than that critical acclaim and he has a grammar. I'm not like so. I'm not sure. Like he doesn't have the appeal of a Jay Z and and a Beyonce on his arm. But Jay Z don't want to get in a booth with that man and just rap. Nah, I don't yeah. know. I, would, I, I definitely would not go that far. <laughs> if, if you if you listen to any real amount of Lupe, you wouldn't. You're even, a pressure. You even, that that that's that's like putting uh, me in the ring with a professional boxer, like. It just wouldn't even make sense. No, not absolutely not, bro. We talking about Jay Z, bro. I've heard enough. Jay-Z I've heard more than enough Lupe. I've heard more than enough Lupe to know that he's not, in my opinion, he's not better than Jay Z, bro. Sorry. Okay. Listen, listen, listen to listen to the song called "Pressure" by Lupe Fiasco featuring Jay Z, in which they both are on the same song, and you can't tell me that Lupe did not bring the lyrical tenacity on that song. He brought it. So you think Lupe is better than Jay Z, bro? I think he's a better. JZ's my favorite rapper. I didn't ask who your favorite rapper of all time. I said, do you think Lupe is better than Jay Z, sir? Who's a better lyricist? <laughs> I try to change it. You try to change my question. No, my question is who's a better rapper, man? Jay Z. This is an underrated list. This is for underrated guys, man. Leave Jay Z out of this. We start no, throwing I, out those, those I don't, comparisons. You can't just say who's the better rapper because when we say that, like right. that puts Drake above a lot of other guys because he's way more successful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's the most successful? So who's the better rapper? 
Uh, that's a whole other question. I can ask who's the most successful. Jay-Z. I, I don't care about that. Jay-Z, Jay-Z, Jay-Z. You don't have to ask like that. All right. Well, I'm I'm a, I'm a, you know I'm gonna strapping up on, on my Lupe bag. You know, I, I I've heard all this just about all this stuff, but you know, I'm gonna go back and listen some more. I got an honorable mention too. I got I got I got two honorable mentions too. Actually, actually, that really just one. But Sheik Luch, man. I, I niggas uh, talk about uh, Jada Kiss. They talk about Styles, and they everybody forgets about Sheik Luch, man. My man got flow. That's what I'm saying. I don't know about that. Hey, but let's start throwing out some just honorable mentions, man. I got another honorable mention. Shout out to my guy Twister, man. I, I almost put him on my list. I almost put him on my list just because the flow you, is underrated because it's so impossible to do, man. He's writing yeah. 500 word papers in 16 bars. <laughs> it's, really not easy, it's not an easy task, bro. I mean, yeah. I think we saw the whole bone thing with Harmony do it. I think we saw Biggie do it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying nobody can do it, but I'm saying Twister was killing it, bro. And he that was his only he was. thing, and he was he had hits, bro, platinum hits. Just you, you understood about five words. You know, I'm gonna make you a celebrity overnight. That's all you heard. But you love that. That's all I remember. I'm like, okay, he's the original mumble rapper. Slow jabs. That was that word. The original mumble rapper. That is fact. Another guy, man. Scrub know about him. I'm sure T know about him too, man. I'm gonna catch a little bit of flack for this one. My guy, Fat Trail, man. Fat Trail. That's still my dude to this day, man. We came up. We kind of came up listening to him, you know, in my in my era, uh, being from the DMV. Isn't he in jail? You know, he, he might out. be. He might be. No, he home. He home. Free leash. Free leash. This I might be. Nah. He's bleach, man. That trail was a dog in his prime, though. He's a dog. Yeah, he's a dog. He's a dog, all right, for sure. I've heard crazy things about Fat Trail. I'm not even going to get into it. Hey, look, man. But if you want to hear some Fat Trail, man, subscribe to the Gas Playlist. You never know what you're going to hear in there. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast, man. Uh, Download the app. Download the app, Gas Network, Apple, Android, we're in both of those marketplaces. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, get us wherever you can get us, IG, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're there. Yep, that's at Good Ass Sports on every single platform, and we hard to miss. And if you search at Good Ass Sports and you don't see us, then try Gas Network. Those are the only two names we go by. It's at Good Ass Sports or it's Gas Network. We got the merch, too, man. Get you a gas hat. You see Scruff Sport in the gas hat. We got the gas bands. We give these out for free. So if you got us on social media, you want one of these bands, hell, you want a hat, man. DM us. We sending free hats for the rest of the night. It's election night, baby. This Get you some gas, is- man. Gas might be legalized in your city after tonight. <laughs> Toronto, you, yeah. you get frozen like that. I'm gonna draw the pic. I'm gonna draw the images of you just like that. <laughs> All right, fellas. Hey, man. Let's wrap it up the only way we do it every time. And hey, let me. I say, sports for the culture. The brothers for the culture.